Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2017. This is episode 145. Building a marching band and the issues that arise. I'd like to start by giving you a little bit of my background so you can understand a little better what I have personally gone through as a marching band director over the years. Presently, I'm not working with any marching bands, but I've worked with many over the years. Going all the way back to my very first year of teaching in 1997, I was a volunteer assistant band director in a district. And at that time, the people who were in the various roles admittedly had far less marching band teaching experience than I did. We had a marching band director. We had a color guard director and a percussion instructor. And in those initial years, I served in many capacities. By my third year, I had been promoted where I had a paid position and eventually became the director of the marching band. Uh, during my time, I filled pretty much every role there was to fill in any given marching band. Between being the director, knowing the role as an assistant director, running all the different sectionals, delegating responsibilities, taking care of the budget, ordering what we needed, coordinating everything throughout the entire season in conjunction with administration, And one other factor, money. See, like everything else in the world, money is critical in certain areas. And marching band is absolutely one of them. And I knew I was in the right situation because the money was there. Well sort of. The money we received in our initial years was a fair budget. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was decent. It was enough to be able to pay for a few instruments, for the drill, which I did design 
a few times in my initial years and then realized there were other people who simply had more time on their hands than I did and could do it and I, I looked at it more as a cost-effective thing probably a better overall product with someone who had more time available and more experience and consequently gave a better overall experience in the form of the show to our students. Now, the money part was deceptive because I think a lot of people in the public viewed it as, wow, we have this new marching band and it's starting to grow. In our initial years, we had about 30 to 40 members, but we had grades 7 through 12 involved in the marching band. The one thing that people did not realize was the cost of the uniforms. And uniforms are extremely expensive. You think about the costs associated with a football uniform, and your marching band uniforms are right there. And it's important that you have all the components necessary in relation to the uniforms for your band to be successful. More importantly, to look good. After all, we would never put any student playing a varsity sport on the field with a, a uniform which stood out and was inferior to the others. Wrong design, wrong color, wrong anything. Nor would we ever want to do that with marching band. But the uniforms didn't come from our Board of Education. The uniforms came from an extremely generous high five-figure, low six-figure donation by a very rich family in town. This is a family who funded many things in the town. A town that had a lot of money in its reserve. <clears throat> and when I say town, I'm speaking of the district. I would be unfair in saying that money was not available but it wasn't overly abundant. And I'm not talking about being to the point of being reckless, where we're buying alto clarinets to put onto the field, or we find the need to get extremely obscure instruments. But for most of my time, I would say at least a good eight years, the first eight to 10 years that I was there, our budget was extremely limited when it came to instruments. And if you're gonna run a marching band, you need instruments. 
You need instruments. You need working instruments, you need quality instruments, and not junk that you're gonna find floating around on the internet from countries that do not know how to properly make instruments that hold up. Made from horrific materials, particularly the types of materials you need for instruments to hold up in all types of weather. After all, no marching band season, at least in the Northeast, is going to be complete without some cold, plenty of rain, and occasionally the snowflake or two. I say all of this because we definitely had our growing pains in the initial years, trying to find our identity. But there was one thing we never had to worry about, and it's the central, essential, most vital item you must have in order for any marching band to be successful. You absolutely have to have a feeder program that's going to, well, feed the marching band. You need students who can play, who can really play their instruments. And I can say this because I've worked with plenty of marching bands where I've given clinics, I've come in to, to teach in their band camps, and my goodness, students walking into band camp having never played their instrument before, having no concept, no clue how to read music, I can't begin to tell you how many times that's happened over the course of my career, but not once did we ever deal with that in the district where I worked. Right from the very first year when I was a volunteer director, our kids could play. And play they did. I remember doing a show which was rockabilly style music. And they didn't look great because they were wearing, looking back on it, pretty putrid looking t-shirts. But boy, could they play. And their hearts were really into what they were doing. And I knew that this was going to be a very, very special band in the long run. It was just gonna take time. It was gonna take effort. It was going to take the right people to be in place. And with all due respect to the three colleagues on staff who were wonderful people, and I give them all the credit in the world for having a vision and starting the band, they all graciously stepped aside and I was able to bring in people who were going to make a difference. 
people who knew their roles, people that were not satisfied with anything but the best, people who had creativity, people who were innovative, brought fresh perspectives into our program and challenged the students. It was a joy. It was a lot of fun for everyone involved. And I would say by the year 2000, the band was finally on the map. It took about three years, but we were on the map. And I remember taking the band to their very first festival. And I'll never forget the comment we received from the adjudicator. Wow, this band can play. And it made us feel so great. It had nothing to do with their desire for first place. It had nothing to do with ruling the roost when it came to competitions or even trying to be a measuring stick for other bands. It was all about pride and joy and elation and the thrill of getting on that field and representing your school and being able to have a voice because students who are in marching band are a very special breed. Introverted students who become extroverted. Students who probably had no opportunity to ever become a leader in any other atmosphere. Rising to the role of drum major, your conductor of the band. We, as marching band directors, see these wonderful things every day. And here's what's ironic. People, and I can't even just say it's one group. I think it's boards of education, administration, communities and people at large view marching band as just being this musical thing. It's not. And if you want to do it right, you have to do all the things I just mentioned. Because quite honestly, it's not a, a small parallel. It's an exact parallel to what you would do to build a football program. There's just about no difference. No school can ever expect a football program to simply arise starting freshman year. What school have you ever seen get students freshman year and all of a sudden be have a winning record 
and then potentially be in a perennial position of championship contender year after year after year. Even the best schools don't even have that. And the best schools have what I mentioned before. They have a feeder program. It all starts in the younger grades as they're working up through the system. Whether the students are coming from a Pop Warner type league, whether they are working and playing their games through the schools or through recreation programs. And we know football is expensive. Well, my friends, so is marching band. And if you want to do it right, the same type of financial commitment you would make to a football program or any other sports athletic venture, the money has to be there. The financial backing has to be there. The patience has to be there. It doesn't happen overnight. Throwing 100 students onto a marching band, into a marching band and on the field does not a marching band make. It doesn't work. By simply having sheer numbers, you're not going to suddenly have a great band. I don't care how many instructors you have. You could have instructors in every single area of the band. What I can tell you is that the sounds that will come from students who have not received a quality music education, the teaching is going to be slipshod. There's going to be some corners which will be cut. Would you ever cut corners? Literally cut corners on plays in football to try to get by? It never works. It won't work. You'll be exposed for what you are and who you are. People will figure it out very quickly. Marching band physically is every bit as demanding as any sport there is. Studies have been done. There's proof. This is not an opinion anymore. They've actually attached the appropriate equipment to students as they were marching in practice and during shows to monitor their heart rate and every other vital. And they found that it's every bit as demanding on the body as any sport, including football. You can scoff at the notion as much as you want. It's there now. And I've even heard of schools who have exempted students from their physical education activities, and rightfully so, during the marching band season. 
I discuss all of this with you now, and I present this podcast episode now, because it's November, and the marching band season is either over or winding down for schools all over the United States. And I can tell you that as I speak, and as you listen to this, those same marching bands and their staff are already trying to figure out next year. They're looking at the incoming class. They're realizing what they lost or what they're going to be losing with the graduating seniors. And what are they going to do to retain the people who are already there? Will they be able to retain them? Because the time commitment to become a successful marching band is high. And it's demanding. And again, if the right variables are not in place in terms of the equipment and in terms of proper staffing, you are set up to fail. But like I said, no marching band will ever be successful or realize their true potential unless an appropriate feeder program is in place at the very least at the middle school levels 6th, 7th, 8th grade then and only then will you get the desired result then and only then Will you have something the community can be proud of? Then and only then will you have the marching band which will be the envy of everyone. It's a process. It takes time. I am I, the proof is in the pudding and I've gone through this before. Even with a strong feeder program and all of the other factors, our band never completely came into its own until the fourth or fifth year. It absolutely did not and does not happen overnight. The culture has to be established. And I'm extremely, extremely proud to say that many years after the fact, since I've been long gone from my initial marching band. They're marching with the same pride and dignity they had when I was there. The tradition has carried on. And again, support is everything. So when you're thinking about building a marching band, and you want to avoid the issues, look no further than what you would do to create and build a football team and a football program. The answer lies within that activity.